if you ache for truth, goodness, and beauty, if you're hungry for a Christianity with substance and strength, if you long for a faith that's big and bold and biblical and all about Jesus Christ, if you're inspired by the idea of one church that has spanned 20 centuries, 24 time zones, and two hemispheres, enfolding every race, nation, and language, then you're considering Catholicism. Welcome to Considering Catholicism. I'm Greg Smith, your guide to the faith, life, and civilization that is historic Catholic Christianity. Thanks for listening. And if you have any thoughts, any questions, or comments, you can always send me an email to greg at consideringcatholicism.com. And would you please like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and share it with friends or on your social media so that we can grow our audience and enlarge the conversation. Now, if you're a frequent listener, then you've gotten to know my Protestant friend, Ed, who's been investigating and considering Catholicism for about a year or so now. This year, on the fall equinox, Ed and I went out into a pine forest and talked about an idea that's central to Christianity and to Catholic doctrine, the present and future reality of the communion of the saints. Welcome to Church Chats with Greg and Ed, where Greg and his Protestant friend Ed chat about the church. So Ed, it's a, uh, it's a blustery day in the forest at the One Whirling Adventure secret compound. The temperature dropped a solid 20 degrees right. overnight. And, and see, this is harsh on you because you're sort of a, a forever summer kind of guy. Right. And that's, yeah, I'm delicate. In that you, you, you are. I mean, you know, you're, <laughs> right? your, your ideal is, is uh, you've got your surfboard on your Jeep and you've got right. your flip-flops on and your guitar yeah. and you're listening to surf music as you drive along. And so now you are here in the, in the deep dark piney woods i have to i have to draw on all of my powers of pretending and, and, and going away to that place you know? and it's and it's and it's blustery and our listeners may hear uh blustery noises as the wind whistles through the pines i am not a i am not above putting on my ocean waves cd <laughs> and along with it some some surfy music or That's maybe right. some soft jazz and then in the middle of the winter and then smearing copper tone on my arms just to make it, just to make, mm. you know. A little coconut smelling. Uh, I have, I have a one hour uh, uh, recording I put together at summer vacation. It's got waves and it's got appropriate music. Some and, Kenny G. And no, 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 stop that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ed. So as we sit here in the deep piney woods on this blustery day with the trees blowing about us, what you got? All right. I have been fascinated for a couple of weeks now thinking about the communion of saints. I don't mm-hmm. know why that phrase never rung the bell and now right. it is. Uh, and I want to know more about that. I think this started when I went to your Dante class mm-hmm. and he painted such a picture, right. you know, and, and I thought that that was just such a huge contrast with right. what I've, I've grown up being told anyway. Mm. Um, the, the big feature of Protestant theology uh, 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 here seems to be that nobody really knows anything. That's mm. kind of how it felt to me. Okay, so what I mean by that is 
when you die, you go to be in the presence of God and mm-hmm. it's glorious. And you're basically just waiting around for the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And when your friends and loved ones die, they go to be there with you and you all wait around <laughs> and you don't really do anything. You just, you just wait around because you don't have a body and there's not a lot you can do. You sing praise and worship music. Yeah. You sing praise and worship. Yeah. There's a fog machine and all that. Um, and then if you're not a Christian, you immediately go to a bad place and wait for the final judgment. So then there's the final judgment and all the sorting out of all that. And then it's onward to the big, uh, right. you know, the big party. And that's as best as I can describe it. That's sort of right. a summation of the, of the, the official position right. that I've been, that I, has soaked into me. I've done a lot, a lot of other reading. And uh, mm-hmm. beyond that, the things I hear from my Protestant friends and people I talk to uh, are just appalling what they what think. Um, oh, you know, my dad passed away last week and I just know he's up there playing the guitar right now mm-hmm. and sitting at the beach as if heaven, whatever that means, mm-hmm. is just whatever would make you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember that, that movie, What Dreams May Come with oh, Robin Williams yeah. and Cuba Gooding Jr.? I hated that movie. Yeah, me too. It was Be- boring. Well, there's a scene where it he, managed to make going to heaven sound seem so boring. Well, the thing is, you know, so Robin Williams dies and he goes to the next right. life and he's standing in this beautiful field of flowers and Cuba Gooding, he said, where does this all come from? And he, Cuba Gooding says to him, uh, well, this all came from your mind. You invented this. Right. And I thought, I do not want to go <laughs> to a place that I invent. I don't want to listen to just music that I make and look at art that I painted that would be horrible. Nobody would like that. God would just say, well, let's just stop that, Ed. It's, it's he- horrible. Heaven is Ed on the Huntington Beach Pier with Dick Dale surf music playing right. in the background. That and- assumes that God couldn't come up with anything better. And that right. just seems dumb right. to me. Well, I mean, you know, we'll get into this, but, you know, just as a quick aside, you know, I think one of the, the challenges when we imagine heaven or the next life is to project the things that we are familiar with here onto right. that because how else do you imagine yeah, something that's do. unimaginable? So what we do is we, we think by analogy, we go, well, you know, this is what I know and this is what I like here. So we just imagine a, a bigger, better version of that. Right. And I think as we get into this topic here in the next few minutes, um, I think that's in some ways the wrong approach. Exactly. Or at least the wrong way to, 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 to the, act. The, 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 the sense I got from growing up in the Protestant church and being in the Protestant church all my life is that Nobody that has died and gone on has any influence or any connection or any communication or anything. They're just, they're just right. done. Okay. They're right. just done. And in retrospect, it should have been obvious to me. I mean, there were clues yeah. if, if only just from the biblical accounts of, of people who come back. So didn't King Saul bring somebody back and, yeah. he said, and whoever that was said, why did you disturb me? Yeah. Who, I don't know who that was. Which of indoor. Okay. And uh, Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration with Moses and mm-hmm. Elijah, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's undeniably true, right. uh, if you believe the Bible, that people are still, they're continued on in their conscious form or well, whatever. Yeah. Right? And, and clearly some people were more important than others because when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration, those were the two people, right? right. So they were clearly, right. uh, you know, big shots there. So when I took your Dante class, mm-hmm. I started thinking, okay, I know that he imagined Mm-hmm. all of this, but I also knew he drew it from Catholic right. theology, right? Right. Uh, so if it wasn't exactly that way, 
then it was some way. It's some ways people do continue after they die and mm-hmm. their immortal souls are heading in one direction or the other. Yep. And then when we recorded the Mary podcast, uh, that really brought it into much sharper focus to the right. point that I thought, oh man, I want, um, as I said in one of the blog posts, I, I want in on this. Yeah. This is, I would like to feel that I'm part of that story mm-hmm. and that I'm included in this group, you know? I, right. So educate me a little oh, bit here. Okay. Um, let's start by anchoring this phrase, the communion of saints, in, in something that people can relate to. So there's this thing, which we could do a whole episode on, called the Apostles' Creed. And it used to be a super big deal. It goes all the way back to the early church. Right. It's the basic summary of the Christian faith. And the history of the Apostles' Creed, well, that's time for another episode. But right. originally it was a, a baptism formula. So when people would convert to Christianity, they would go through some okay. catechesis and preparation. And then on the day of your baptism, you would be asked like, you know, what do you believe? And you'd say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, right? He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. He ascended to hell. Third day he rose again. He ascended to heaven, receded at the right hand of the Father. He should come in glory to judge the living the dead. Then you say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy the Catholic, Catholic Church, Church, the communion of saints. Which I passed over every time. Right. The forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the dead, life everlasting. And it's, it's wedged right in there. And I always thought that it was interesting when I was a Protestant and I was in the process of converting. And the reason I say not everybody knows about it today is I think that you're kind of strip mall, evangelical, non-denominational church right. doesn't even utilize the ancient form of the Apostles' Creed, hmm. which every major denomination, Christian denomination, you know, Protestant or Catholic or Orthodox, uh, you know, scribes to it. But I can remember when you and I were involved in a church like that, and most of the people never heard of it because you're kind of, again, right. strip mall, non-denominational, evangelical church doesn't even... Right reference it. But point being, it says that third section, because it's, it's Trinitarian. So the first section is about the father. The second section is about the son. And the third section about the Holy Spirit. So I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, right? Yep. The forgiveness of sins, the resurrection. And it's interesting that it's wedged right in there after the Holy Catholic Church and before the forgiveness of sins. The order in which the communion right. of saints comes up in the Apostles' Creed is wedged right there because the concept of the communion of saints, and then, by the way, that concept is so ancient that it was part of the Apostles' Creed, the ancient baptismal right. formula. And the fact that it's wedged right there, it has something to do with the nature of the church and the forgiveness of sins. It's almost sandwiched between right. those two ideas of what the church is and how we are forgiven. And that involves this thing called the communion of saints. And I remember when I was on my road to Rome as a Protestant reflecting on this and thinking, you know, as a Protestant, I probably would have, or a hardcore evangelical, I probably would have changed the order and moved forgiveness of sins ahead of communion of saints or even ahead of the church. Right. Because what you would say is I believe in the Holy Spirit, the forgiveness of my sins. Oh, and then I go to church and there's people there. But the ancient Going back to the time of the apostles, the ancient formulation is that there's the church, right? There's the spirit, the church, the communion of saints, and the forgiveness of sins that in some way comes about through it. 
mm-hmm. in that order. So right away, I think that's a, it, it's a very different idea in terms of um, how we are saved, how our salvation unfolds, what the mechanisms of our salvation are, than I think your standard evangelicalism. Right. Okay. So that being said, you told me you wanted to talk about this. I, we didn't have, you know, we don't really prepare these, these conversations right. that we record. You kind of, you know, we'll tell me, or we'll talk about maybe a topic that we want to cover and, and then uh, we don't do any scripting or whatever. But um, so you told me yesterday you wanted to talk about this and I was driving around my car today thinking about how uh, I wanted to tackle it. And here's how I think I want to tackle explaining the communion of saints. So a big part of Catholic philosophy is that the nature of a thing, its mm-hmm. essence, uh, has something to do with its purpose. So like in the language of Thomas Aquinas or whatever, it's, it's essence or it's, there's a Latin word, but it, it's isness. What a thing is, is partly determined by what it's for, what it's made for, what its purpose I've is. I've been reading Anthony Esselin and he talks about that. Yep. And so it's, it's isness is related to its, what's called its telos, its end. Okay, so for example, we're sitting here on this, uh, this uh, picnic table out here in the piney woods. And it's what might say is the essence of a table is related to its purpose. Right. So its tableness is that you can put things on it. Right. You know, we have the, the recording devices sitting on it here. Right. And, you know, bench. And so the essence of it is related to its, the purpose for which it was created. So a chair is meant to, you know, put your backside on and hold you right. up. Um, right uh, next to us here, a few yards away, I've got a shed with a chainsaw in it. The essence uh, or isness of the saw is its ability to cut wood. If I take, if, if, if I design a table that doesn't have a top on it and you can't put things on it, right. then it isn't much of a proper table, is it? Right. Uh, if, my, if I take my saw out and the saw blade is made of rubber, you know, it's, it, it's, it's not a much of a, it's not really following its sawness. Am I making sense? Yep. And, but also the chainsaw that I have in the shed over here, if the chain breaks on it and falls off, it's still a chainsaw, but it's a broken chainsaw. Right. It can't fulfill the end for which it was created. Mm-hmm. Am I making sense? Yep. You with me? Okay. Why am I talking about this? Because I think if you want to understand the communion of saints, you have to start at the beginning and say, what is a human being? And what is it that we were created for? Um, what is our essence? And, the, and our essence is tied, just like the chains are the table or the chair, our essence is tied to the end, the telos, the thing we were made to be and do. And when we are unable to Fill the proper end for which we were made, like mm-hmm. the chainsaw where the chain falls off and it can no longer cut wood, then in a sense, that's a broken chainsaw and we, in a sense, become a broken creature. Right. No longer able to fulfill our purpose. With me so yeah. far? So if we go back to the very, very, very beginning where God creates man in Genesis, right? Genesis 1 and 2. We read that God created us in his image. Now, the question is, what does it mean to say that we're in the image of God? Well, what do we know about God? That he is one God, but in what? Three Three persons. persons. He's one God in three persons. Not three gods. It's a polytheism. And he's not 
one smooshy God just with three faces because that's Unitarianism, right? Right. He's, he's three distinct persons. And yet, communally, those three distinct persons form kind of a single entity. You with me? Yep. And those three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are related to one another in dynamic love. In fact, what we read, uh, not only in Scripture, but we see in the, the teaching of the tradition of the Church, is that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit know each other. Uh, they, are, they share knowledge. They share uh, a mind. They share love, right? They, they are unified in purpose, in thought. Not, not again, like a collective thing where they don't have an identity because the Father's identity is distinct from the Son, distinct from the Holy Spirit, but they come together mm-hmm. in this, well, communion of persons. Now, what we read in Genesis is that God makes man in his image. First, he makes Adam. And he gives Adam in Genesis 2 the task of naming the animals and whatever. And so they all come up and he goes, um, you know, I'll call this one a, a beaver and I'll call this one a whatever. And this one is a duck-billed platypus and this one's the unicorn, right? Yep. But the problem we read in Genesis 2 is among all of the creatures, there was not found one that Adam could love hmm. and be in union and fellowship with. Here's the problem. In the image of God meant that he was created to be in communion, mm-hmm. in dynamic, loving communion with another being in the same way that God, the Father, right. the Son, and Holy Spirit are. For him to be in the image of God, um, now he's not really reflecting the image of God because he has no one. God has Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's got no one to be in communion with. So creates Eve, right? Yep. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And between Adam and Eve, and then God, they form sort of a, almost a representation of the Trinity. You with me? Yep. Right? So now there's dynamic love between Adam, between the man, the woman, and God, and that is perfect communion in the Garden of Eden. Right. Right? Then what happens? Well, it gets broken. Just like my chainsaw in the shed, which at the moment is not broken, <clears throat> but it right. was, the chain had fallen off a couple of weeks ago and I got it repaired. At the moment, my chainsaw is restored. But the point is that if the ch- chain breaks and falls off, that's what basically happened to Adam and Eve. Right. The communion was broken and it was broken between them and God. Mm-hmm. Right? right. When they disobeyed right. and then he comes to the garden. Where are you? Oh, we're hiding the bushes. Right. You have one of the most comic scenes in the Bible where they're like, shh, really quiet. Hunker right. down in the bushes. Maybe he won't know we're here. <laughs> right. right. And God says, Hey, what are you guys doing? Hiding the bushes. Yeah. Shh, don't, you know, right. And so the thing is, is the relationship with God becomes fractured and then the relationship between the two of them becomes fractured. And that's where the, the, the clothing thing comes in, right? Make, putting on the fig leaves and all this mm-hmm. stuff because immediately they realized they were naked and they began to cover themselves from each other. Oh, I see. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Never thought about it that yeah, way. Yeah. Right. So when they were naked, there was perfect communion, but then they began to cover themselves from each other. And, and immediately when God says what happened, they start, you know, like... Adam, it wasn't me, it was the woman you gave me. And she starts blaming somebody, right? And then when God pronounces the curse on them, right? Now there's tension between them. Right. So the perfect communion for which we were created, which is our isness, just like this table or the chair or the chainsaw, the, the thing that we were made to be is we were made as humans to be in communion 
with each other and God in the same way that God, because we're images of God, that right. God in himself is in communion in the Trinity. Right. You yep. tracking with yep. me? Yep. Right. Yep. And what happens is sin fractures that communion. So the end, the restoration, the redemption of humankind is the redemption of humankind is the restoration right. of the communion for which we were made, which allows us to fulfill the proper purpose for which we were made, which allows us to actualize our essence. Our, it allows us to become fully human again. There's a sense in which that the fall broke us and in some sense diminished our full humanity in the same way that if my chainsaw blade breaks off or chain breaks right. off, it no longer can sort of be fully a chainsaw. Right. It's a broken chainsaw. And in a sense, ever since the fall, we were sort of broken people. And, and we're not able to fully actualize the essence we're not able to fully be, live out our humanity. So if I, could I yeah, yeah. sum it up here to, yeah. so, so it's like, it's like if you, um, somebody designed a bicycle and the point of the bicycle is to carry us from A to B or right. to ride for pleasure. A human being right. sits on it and goes from A to B. Yeah. Right? Um, that's, you, you can, might say that's bicycleness. Right. It's the end of the bicycle. That's the end yeah. for the bicycle. Um, its end is to take people around mm -hmm. or provide for people to ride on. You could use it to hang laundry on. Yeah. Sure. You could put a fan on the wheels yep. and crank it around and cool down the, right. on the air or whatever, but that's not its purpose. Right. That would be a uh, subverting of its purpose. A misuse of a it. A misuse of its purpose. And that's, so the end for humans then is communion. Is perfect communion Perfect again. communion with each other and with God. Exactly. And, and so if you go, I like your analogy there, you know, so if, if, I, if I use things for the, the wrong purpose, so if I take the, the chainsaw and I, and I use it to, as a door stopper or ballast in my right. canoe or I, you know, I don't know, whatever, do something with it, right? Um, toss it through windows to get right. people's attention, whatever the case may be, uh, I, I'm abusing it or the end for which it was not made. And what I guess I think about that. I think about the ways that we abuse humanity and human persons, mm -hmm. right? So the long, sad story of human history since the fall is not only a broken humanity, right. in which none of us has ever really been able to live out the purpose for which we were created fully. Right. Not only that, but the ways that we have abused ourselves and each other and used humans in ways that humans were not intended to be used. Right. And, and that becomes in a sense, a offense against God. Right. And, and against the human person. So anyway, um, right. So that's the first, I mean, that's a very long explanation, but I want to set this in context because I think it's easy to say, well, communion of saints, we all go up and there's like a big party in the sky and everybody holds right. hands and sings the, you know, sings the who song from the Grinch that, right. you know, <laughs> stole Christmas and everyone goes, hoo ah, hoo ah, hoo ah, and, hold, right. and holds hands. But, but it's much deeper than that because what really the communion of saints is about is about restoring humanity and restoring not only, you know, all humanity, but restoring the humanity in each of us. Th think about what it means that in never in your life, I don't care the, the person, your wife who, or, or children who you've been closest to in your whole life, parents or whatever, 
the, the sense that you've, you felt like if you, you've never really been known by another right. person, you know, you, you've, you've never been fully heard, right? You've, you've never been fully understood. You've never, you've never been fully loved and you have never been able to fully understand or hear or know uh, another human being in, in completely. And, and that, that's because this brokenness has separated us. And that's what we were designed to be. We were designed as images of God to know and love and be in dynamic relationship with each other in the same way that the, as, as images of God, that the, that, that the persons of the Trinity know and love each other. That's what it means to be an image of God. So communion of saints is ultimately about how Christ, through his redemptive act of death and resurrection, restores humanity to its proper place and purpose um, and identity. Now let's get into a little more about what that looks like and how that works. But, But I just wanted to, you know, I know it's kind of a long explanation, but I really want to put it in that frame in that context. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. I have a, I have a, I have a short joke to sum it up. Oh, well, it's one I, of my, I love it's that. One of my favorite jokes. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> it's got really heavy. Like right. this load here. What do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back to you when you throw it? I don't know. A stick. Ah, <laughs> yes. That's good. What do you call a human being that? Yeah. That, that, well, that's a great, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. What do you, yeah. What do you call a human being that can't ever really know or appreciate or understand or love another human being or have that, you know, be known or understood or love themselves. You call that a human being. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, On its way to becoming less and less and less, less and less and less of you, which is why I remember in the Dante class that the further that Dante and Virgil descended into hell, into the inferno, the people become more and more isolated from each other. Right. There's a sense in which the deeper you go, the less connected you become to other people and that the higher they went in Paradiso, mm-hmm. I mean, even as they went through Purgatorio, people were being restored communion. Mm-hmm. And as they climb in Paradiso, they, they come to this greater and greater place of, of deeper and deeper communion where people know each other, they hear each other, they see each other, they mm-hmm. listen to each other, they grasp each other, they support each other, they love each other. And that's what's missing in us. And it, and uh, it's been missing since we, 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 when we broke ourselves yeah. and broke the world. Okay. So now let's talk a little bit about how that comes about. Because your question about people who have gone on. So Catechism of the Catholic Church tells us a couple of things. One, it talks about the church. And this is why uh, Communion of Saints gets wedged between church and forgiveness of sins. It talks about the church uh, at three levels or three stages or three states of the church, okay? So it says that we have those pilgrims who have, are still walking on earth. So these are Christians, Mm -hmm. believers, right? Part of the church, members of the church, in the sense that they're members of Christ, who are like you and I right now still walking about, right? Right. Then we have those that have passed on that are in a state of being purified and prepared for heaven, mm-hmm. just purgatory, right? right? That state of purification. Because we've died, we've died in grace and we've died in love, but, but we're working through that sanctification mm-hmm. process of purification. 
And then we have those who have, have, have been able to enter mm-hmm. into full communion with God and each other, right? Right. In uh, the eternal state, the beatific vision, which maybe we'll talk about in a little bit, where sure. we get to see God and know God completely right. and be seen and known by each other. So those three stages of the church, uh, those of us still walking about, those right. who are uh, gone on or in, essentially in purgatory and those who are in heaven. And yet the catechism says they're all the church. All of us are still the church. So it isn't like the church is us here going to church on Sunday. And then there's the dead people who are, are floating on a cloud somewhere yeah. with, a, with a smock and a harp or whatever. Uh, that's not it. We are all part of one large community in which the members of this community are in various states. And that's part of what it means to be Catholic universal. I say at the beginning of every podcast, you know, 20 centuries, 24 time zones, two hemispheres from every race, language, and nation. And that applies. That means the church is not just the people we can see. Right. It means the people who we can't see presently. Right. Because they have gone on, but they're still part of the church. Right. Right. The church is bigger than just us. And so the question is, what about my dead father or my dead whatever? They're still part of the church. There's the church visible and the church invisible, the church triumphant, church militant here on earth. And yet we are all the church and we are all united in Christ. We are all in communion with each other because here's what brings communion about. Catechism says that, that the communion of saints involves two things. It involves communion of holy things and communion of holy persons. So the communion of holy things is the things in which we're united. For example, first and foremost, the sacraments, mm-hmm. the Eucharist. So when we look at, and we've just been doing a series on the Eucharist here on the podcast, when we, when we talk about how all of uh, creation or all of the church, you know, uh, past, present, future, whatever, are united in the sacrifice of Christ, united in the glory of, you know, the Eucharist and yep. his eternal, the eternal self-giving sacrifice of the, the son to the father, that that's a point of union. Mm-hmm. And we can go down, the catechism goes through and it talks about union and worship, communion and worship, communion in, in virtues and goods and, and in all of the things uh, that, that we can look at in the right. church and say, these are the things in which we are, in a sense, drawn together. We are drawn into these things right. and drawn together through these things. And then it says, there's also a communion of saints in the communion of holy persons. In other words, that we have this relationship where we are united and drawn together, that we see each other, know each other, feel each other. Right. Uh, and what, but what that brings that about is that we are members of one body and that is Christ's body and he's the head of it. So Christ, and this is from, directly from Paul, right? In Corinthians, he talks about, you know, uh, Christ is the head we're the body. Right. And so there's hands and there's feet and there's kneecaps and, you know, right. elbows and all the different parts of the body. We're all like, or think of it as cells of the body united on, in Christ. Mm-hmm. And yet all those individual cells, all those individual parts still retain an identity, but they come together to form this one body. Would it be fair to say that this is the, uh, the points at which we interact in communion, specifically the sacraments yeah. and other things that are, are to, to use the biblical phrase that we're being knit together. Yeah. Every, every time we do that, yes. every time we engage in those things, we're knit together tighter yes. and tighter. That- exactly. You know, think of it this way. I, I, was, I was talking about this, uh, I think in an episode with Corey, when we were talking about the Eucharist, 
And we were talking about this issue, the communion, uh, the miracle of communion in the Eucharist. And I said, like, okay, if we tried to force artificial communion, like, we're all going to, like, get along, like, this is like the, you know, the hippie commune or whatever, right? right? We're all going to just, like, get along because we want to get along. You know, okay, sure, we'll see how that works out, right? Right. But, But communion in this sense, or communion in the Eucharist, or communion brought together in holy things, is more like... So we're all drawing together in Christ. So if you think of Christ, think of a triangle. The top of the apex of the triangle is Christ. Mm -hmm. And then think of the sides of the triangle, all these angles. We're all approaching Christ Mm -hmm. together. We're all approaching him in the Eucharist. We're all approaching him in worship. We're all approaching him in prayer. But as we get nearer to them, we draw closer closer together, together, right? Because the sides of the triangle sort of, we all converge in him. And so it's not artificial union like, hey, he's, my, he's not heavy, he's my brother, right? right? I mean, that's all well and good to have sort of those sort of social values. But ultimately, communion is a converging in the person of Christ. And he, who in a sense binds us together, or we, are, we come together in him, and then through the power of the Holy Spirit, supernaturally. So in the Apostles' Creed, when it says, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, right? right. You see the progression going on there? Yeah. The Holy Spirit brings about the church. It unifies the body of the church, the church, you know, on earth, the church and, you know, the church visible and invisible. All of us are being drawn together by the Holy Spirit, forming this communion of saints, right? Mm -hmm. This church here in the communion of saints, which leads to the forgiveness of sins. Again, if I was an even, I would take a hard evangelical position. I'd advert that and say, well, I believe in Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the forgiveness of sins. And then, well, then we all get together at church on Sunday. But it's not that. It's I find forgiveness. I find the forgiveness of sins in. Okay, sure. Right? The communion of saints that's brought about through the church and the Holy Spirit. Because as I come to Christ. Right. As I come to the sacrifice of Christ, as I come to his grace and forgiveness through uh, the supernatural binding of his people and the giving of grace and the sacraments, uh, we are all knit together, to use your words. We are knit together. We are converged, and we come. Be, we we become parts of one body, unified right. by the Holy Spirit with Christ as our head. You know, Colossians one. He talks about how He is the head of all things, and all things from Him spring forth, and right. He unites all things in Him. Yeah. That's the communion of saints. And so, when you cash out from a benefit standpoint, a couple things. One, when you think about your dead father, or your dead loved one, or whatever, you go we are still unified. We're yeah. still part of, we, we, you know, it isn't just that grandpa is, like you say, gone. Grandpa is not, he's not part of the vis- church visible. I can't, you know, he's not sitting with us here at the table. Right. But he's absolutely a part of right. us. We are all part together of this, this church, which transcends this body of Christ. And uh, increasingly we know each other. And that's where, when you talked about uh, people who have, are, are part of the, the, the church risen or the church uh, triumphant, who, who are part of, you know, in heaven or whatever, they're able at that point to sort of be united with us. And we believe, and we have good reason, biblical reason to believe that in a sense, they, they see and hear what, what's going on here. And, and that a lot of things are visible mm-hmm. and they know us. And this is, goes back to the saints, why the saints are not just dead people. They're not just right. pictures on a wall. They're, they're, they're uh, men and women 
who are part of the communion mm-hmm. of the church in Christ, who are closer to him at the moment, in a sense, than we are. Right. Right? Yes. And so, you know, when we think about what we have to look forward to in the communion of saints is when, when we get to heaven, we are, we are gradually through this life, step by step, coming to know one another more fully, mm-hmm. coming to hear one another more fully, coming to appreciate, love, and support one another. It's very imperfect in this life. Right. But that imperfection becomes, oh, here's the blustery day we talked there about. We oh, wow. Pine trees are bending over. Uh, and Ed in his endless surf summers. I'm just saying, I'm, in my, I'm converting this directly into a surf's up. That's right. That's what I'm There yeah, you go. Well, so anyway, as we, what we have to look forward to is that uh, ultimately we will be able to fulfill the purpose for which we are created. And the glory and the goodness of that, it's not only the glory of Christ, but the goodness of, of knowing that we'll finally be able to be, in a sense, fully what we were made to be. And you will finally come to a place where um, you will, you will uh, truly know and be known, hear and be heard, mm-hmm. um, support and be supported, uh, love and be loved. And uh, that's something to look forward to, I think. Well, once again, Greg, you do not disappoint. I, <laughs> I, um, you, uh, once again, you've given me an answer that I, I couldn't have seen coming. Do you know what I mean? I, right. I wouldn't have said, well, I think I, every time I think... I think I know where Greg's going to go with this. He's going to say this and this, and then I, and then you, you start talking and I think, nope, I'm just going <laughs> to, I make a few notes here. I'm leaving those alone. We're going someplace else, which is great. Just great. Yeah. I live to surprise Ed. Right. Well, thanks listeners. We, uh, I know that we're, uh, this is going to raise a lot of questions about heaven. And I know you and I have talked about doing another conversation about that, which I think we'll probably do pretty soon. What is the state right. of heaven and what is that like? And, tease somebody a little bit about what the Catholic church calls the beatific vision right. of heaven. So uh, we'll, we'll get onto that very soon, but I think we need to batten down the hatches here in the pines. Yeah. It's yeah. As it's getting more and more blustery. So yeah. thanks. For, right. Thanks for listening listeners. Yep. See you next okay, time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. My name is Greg Smith. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, would you please hit the like and subscribe buttons wherever you get your podcasts? and please share it with others. And if you're curious about the Catholic worldview and faith, the Church and its Saints, or Catholic history, culture, and art, then visit consideringcatholicism.com. And email me to let me know what you think, greg at consideringcatholicism.com.